0: Welcome to the Perspectives with Katherine Tune podcast. All right. Well, hello, everybody. This is Katherine Tune. And I wanted to bring a topic up that actually I have been engaging with someone uh, that I don't know really well with some really um, honest questions, hard questions, uh, and a very, I think a very um, personal struggle that's reflected in sort of more existential questions about, basically about the goodness of God. And I felt like, um, I was talking to the Lord about it, and He really wanted me to share Uh, my perspective, I, I, let me just say that I do not have all the answers, uh, but I may have some helpful things. So the topic today is God is good. Why is there so much evil? And, you know, with, with social media and such an online presence, we are so exquisite, exquisitely, excruciatingly aware of the evil that's out there. Whereas if it's just you and your neighborhood and your issues and, and, and the struggles that you have and the evil that you encounter personally or in your local community or whatever that is, um, it may not seem quite so sweeping, but it's kind of in our face. And let's be very clear, uh, you know, bad stuff, fear cells and bad stuff sells. And if 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 you know if we if we reported on all the flights that that actually were successful, <laughs> and all the people that recovered from COVID, and you know all the families that have been reunited and all these kind of things, it wouldn't sell. It's just it's kind of part and parcel of our makeup. But you know, if God is good, why is there so much evil? And I, I think um, you know at, at, at heart of the issue. I think we honestly, the honest thing is our personal existential grappling with, wow, these evil things happen. I've been impacted. You've been impacted. We've all been hurt, uh, devastated, whatever that is. And we're supposed to believe in a good God who's all powerful if he's love and he's so powerful. Why do these good things, these evil things happen? Can I trust a God who says he's love and says he's good with all this evil going on? And I, it's, it's a good question. Um, so. Uh, there's so much that goes into this and I I don't have it all figured out, but I do have some things figured out. I have enough figured out where I can rest my weight on my relationship with a God who is kind, who is patient, who is lovely and who is masterful, who is beautiful and who's working things out. In the midst of evil, in the midst of unspeakable evil, that he's not the problem, that he's the one that actually is the savior. And so I had to go through this journey. Now, I didn't grow up buying into the Christian religion. I just did not. Uh, we were humanists, uh, which basically says we're our own source and aren't we amazing and look at us. And we're basically gods, and we create things in our own image. Uh, And human beings are amazing. Of course they are. Uh the, the error in that is that we act as if we're in and of ourselves, that we created ourselves, that we're our own source. Uh, and that's where we get into problems and we worship ourselves and look to one another, look to other human beings as sources of supply. Um, and that will get you messed up quickly. And so, um, yeah, so that does not yield good for you. Know, you have to think if the way you're thinking is not leading you to peace, if it's not leading you to joy, if it's not leading you to hope, then probably you're thinking wrong. Either that, or you're just mad and you want to be mad and you want to stick your head in the oven and want everyone else to go along with you. And I understand that perspective as well because I there was a point in my life When I was so angry at God, even though I'd had encounters with God that actually, I believe, kept me from the brink of insanity uh, in the pain that was in my life with things that I couldn't control that were not my fault and that were unrelenting and merciless and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm sorry I laughed, but I don't know. Anyway, I have a tendency to laugh inappropriately, but it's sometimes it's so bad. You just kind of have to laugh. There's got to be something past that. Thank God there is. And anyway, I went through a period, even though I'd encountered a, a, a good God, um, that I was so angry because everything that I cared about spun out and was devastated. And I was like, you know what, God, if you are so good, And you are so powerful. How can you let everything I care about be destroyed? And it's a good question. Except for, you know what, let me just say this. God was not answering my question. And sometimes, okay, sometimes, um, when God doesn't answer the existential question you have, and so we're shaking our fist at him, It's because we're not in a place, honestly, where we can grapple all the details to have a logical answer. Why did you let my baby die by? Why did you let me be raped? Why do you let this massacre happen? All those kind of things. And you have silence. You have crickets. Because it's the wrong question. Let me say it's okay to ask any question you want. But the one that's going to bring you peace, that's going to transcend you, uh out of the evil and the pain and the angst and the hopelessness and the despair and the rage and the whatever the negative emotion is is not going to happen by answering that question because you're not in it coming from a perspective where you can see it. Um I, I'm hoping that makes sense. Uh so a lot of times if you get crickets, it doesn't mean that God's not there. It doesn't mean that there's, there's not an answer to the question. It's just the wrong question. And you see, God is so good. I mean, let us ask any question we want, but the one that's actually going to help you and bring life is not that. And sometimes we need to pan way back and say, okay, what is the question? A lot of times people ask Jesus the questions, you know, did we worship on this mountain and do we whatever. And, you know, Jesus liked doesn't even like it was almost rude, right? You know? <laughs> and he said, that's really not the issue. I'm not answering that question because it's not the issue. The issue in your heart, woman at the well, is that you've been so starving for love that you've looked for it in all the wrong places and it's degenerated into this place where you're you you've become the shadow of yourself and the one that loves you is here. And I'm the one to heal you. I'm not condemning you in the problem, but I am convicting you in the problem because I'm showing you myself and I have been what you've been looking for your whole life. And from that place, everything else, you can start to walk out of the problems that you have. And so, so much of these, um why does God allow evil is kind of an existential thing. It is Okay to discuss existential things. Um, but I will say this caveat, most often, when we say these things, it really doesn't satisfy the heart. Now, I'm going to address some things because, you know, it's okay. It's good to discuss these things. But ultimately, oh, let me just help you uh, if you want to be helped, if you don't want to be helped, that's okay. You need to turn this off now. If you don't want to be helped, <laughs> uh, cause sometimes you just want to be mad and you just want to hate the world and you just want to hate God and you just want to, you know what I mean? Okay. Well, you're just not in a position, you know, um, you just write that you want to be helped. And so that's okay. You're going to have to go through your process. And the sooner you get out of that bad place, the faster things are going to get better. But sometimes you just need to hate everything. You know what I mean? That's just where you're at. Don't mess with my hate. I want to be mad. I'm enjoying my mad. I'm miserable, my mad, but I'm enjoying my misery. Okay. So this is actually part, the part where we have to be, oh my goodness, honest. We have to be honest. Okay. So Assuming that you actually want some questions and you want to feel better, you know, ultimately you, you what in your heart of hearts, you want God to be good. You want him to be big and you want the pain to go away and you want good things. You want justice to happen and you want all those things. And that's a human thing. Okay. Um, and sometimes in our anger, uh, we want justice to happen because we want others to be punished. And that is, oh my goodness, our issue. That's on us. Okay. Uh, when we have a need to see other people are punished for the evil they did, because if it's all about being punished, Okay. Uh, then we're going to have to own our crap and be punished for that. And everybody's going down the tubes. And that is why, let me just help you. God established a covenant of forgiveness. Dang it. That means even forgiving the ones that brutalized you. Okay. And our freedom is going to be on the other side of forgiveness. And that is a, um, a big boy, big girl panty thing pull up thing. <laughs> <laughs> that we need because it's our freedom at stake. Because if we don't do that, we will become the evil we hate, which brings up something. So we're at uh, the question I broached. Um, why is there so much evil? Well, I'm going to just put it in a nutshell. I don't believe evil comes from God, even though he created all things. So if he created all things, how is it possible if he created all things? How is it possible that there be evil? Well, this is how I've settled it in my own heart. And I, you know, whatever. This is a stab at that. And it may help you. Um, and I'm actually going to take you to Scripture. Uh, Colossians 120 through 22. This is from the New American stand- Standard. And he says, uh, this is talking about Christ. And through him to reconcile all things to himself. Okay, so this is what God planned to reconcile. We're trying to reconcile. Why is there evil when there's a supposedly good God? Okay, whether things on earth or things in heaven. So things on heaven and earth might cover our our uh, particular injustice. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. Okay, so let's go to verse 21, because this is, I think, where the rubber meets the road. And although you were previously alienated and hostile in attitude, engaged in evil deeds, I'll get back to that. And yet he has now reconciled you in his body of flesh through death in order to present you before him wholly blameless, beyond reproach. Um, the one thing, the reason I chose this particular translation, because it brings out the wording, which I just think is so good, A- alienated and hostile. In attitude. Okay. Because I think I love, that is, I think that covers, that covered me. I was alienated and hostile. I was like, God, don't you try to be nice to me. I'm so angry at you. Don't you try to, no, don't you, no, don't you do that. And I was running away from him so hard. I didn't want the answers. I wanted to be mad. Okay. Um, and, and, and part of it was that I really, let me just put it this way, didn't want to connect with my own pain, um, and give God the opportunity to address it. I think that's just being honest. Okay. And I think that's a lot where, where we're at. Um, I'm going to read this in the passion translation, uh, even though you were once distant from him living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions. He reconnected you back to himself. This is the alienation. I believe where evil comes from, it stems from the recesses of the human experience where we are not connecting with God who is light, who is life, who is love, who is the prince of peace, right, where we operate as if there is no God. And we project onto him our pain. We project onto him our own fallen ways of being that are cruel, that are sadistic, that enjoy other people's pain, that enjoy the powerlessness of others, that enjoy power over each other, dominion over each other, enjoy that because we're operating in a fallen way of being that is not who we truly are. And in that place where we don't know who we truly are, which is made in the image and likeness of love himself, we act in ways contrary to love. It's called, let me think, 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 Oh yeah, it's called sin. We do evil and we project evil and we make God in our image and the image of our abusers, the image of sadistic people, the image of evil, the image of all of that. We project all that onto a lovely God and then we can give him the flying finger and, you know, all, and then we don't have to deal with our own crap. I'm just going to let that sit for this. (laughs) I'm actually really a nice person. (laughs) But I'm so nice that I will love you enough to speak truth. Because truth in the inner person, in the inner man, really does set us free. But it's where we know in the inner man, in our subconscious things, the crap happens. We make it mean uh, we're alone. We make it mean we're abandoned. We make it means we're dirty. We make it mean God is evil. We make it mean we're powerless. We make it mean... You know, whatever we're um, we're evil, we make it mean others are evil. Whatever that is, and those are all lies. But if that's what's happening in our subconscious, it's going to bear fruit and will color everything that we see. And so, um, so we have filters and that we see everything through. And the evil things will confirm the lie, and then we will project that on a god and then blame God for being evil, for being responsible for evil. If you knew that the humanity was going to turn out this way, how could you possibly create us? You must be some evil trickster. You must be a sadistic God who enjoys pain, enjoys playing people like puppets. And that is not who God is. Because let me just read this verse. Where is it? Ding, 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 ding. Um, okay. Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts. Listen, if God is light and we are blind to light, we don't see light. And that is the, this is why we need a savior because he's everywhere. He's good. He's love and we are blind. And out of our blindness towards ourself, towards him, we do evil and we harm one another and then we blame it on God. Okay living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions he reconnected you back to himself he was like honey you can't help yourself <laughs> I'm going to redeem you I'm not even going to ask for your vote if he is 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 the God who chose us before the foundation of the world and and and, and joined us in union with him before the foundation of the world to bring you back to himself in original innocence without spot or blemish he was like yes, I created these kids. I knew they were going to to, to to fail, to fall, and so I'm I'm the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. I'm the 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 big A answer that came before the little P problem of the fall. I loved you so much. I was unwilling to do without you. I'm even willing to let you uh, to not choose to, choose to rebel, choose against love, harm one another. I'm willing if I have to and I will bear with you I know every single pain that you have suffered more than you know it I know every single injustice more than you know it and I will allow you to paint my face as evil to paint my face as mocking your pain to paint my face as some sort of sadist and in the meantime I'm at work uh working these things out I am in you, um, wooing your heart back to connect you with your original design, to connect you with who I really am so that I can heal your heart, so that I can bear, bear with you and bring you out and, and, and unveil you as the gorgeous son and daughter that you are created in my image and likeness of love. And I am relentless at pursuing things and bringing things back to myself. I do believe it says, somewhere, (laughs) oh, brought you back to himself, back to original intent, restored to innocence again, by the blood of his cross, that he walked on terra firma, and that he was as the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, not because you have an angry father beating the crap out of his son because it is an angry, anger management problem, no, but because human rage had the need for blood put that there because they weren't connected with who they were okay and we all have participated so you know what there but the grace of god go i right and and the earth is brought back to himself back to original intent back to restored to innocence that is what he's doing but it looks so covert right It is not like, bam, I waved the magic wand and suddenly, you know, butterflies and blossoms happen. I just make everybody love each other, kumbaya. No, that's not how it works. He's doing the hard work. That is wooing people back to themselves, back to who they are, right? Wooing people. Oh my goodness. If he is conforming us to the image of Christ who is love, that means he is relentless. What is not of love's kind? Okay, that puppy is going to burn. Not to torture, but it's probably not going to feel good. (laughs) To bring you back to the loveliness of who he created. He loves you way too much. You are way too valuable. You are way too gorgeous to be left in this fallen way of being. And he will confront it to a human being. And he is masterful. See, I believe this is where his justice is. The injustice is that how that. It was the things that happened and you know, the Hitlers and all the evil things that happened, uh, that was created and i'm not saying it was okay we don't justify sin okay but we say there are reasons for it and that needs to be addressed as well as the other as well as our choices you see we're only powerful in what we choose i'm not responsible for your choices but i am responsible for mine i'm not responsible for my attitude actions uh, attitudes and well-being being i'm responsible for mine i hope i said that right not yours okay and so and i'm empowered in that but for You I'm called to love and honor, and where I'm not doing that, I will also be held accountable. Not any punishing. God is not a um a, a punisher, he's a restorer, he's a redeemer, right? Um, and but but our experience of some of his conviction, if God is a consuming fire, okay, what does he consume? He consumes everything that's not of love's kind. And you know what? Every last Human being is of love's kind. Every last human being was created in the image and likeness of love. That is their original design. See, God is so masterful. That's what he's after, conforming all his kids back. And I believe this can go on for as long as it needs to, even post-mortem. There's nothing in the Bible to say that this can't happen. So these these fire scriptures, which we think are punishment, what if it was redemption, right? That he is so in love with every single one of his kids that he refuses to leave them in a fallen way of being. Even after I would, I would postulate I could be wrong. Nobody panic. But even after we die, he can conform us. And so I don't know how long an eternity it takes to convert a Hitler to say, yes, Jesus. I don't know how long that is. It's not an issue saying, uncle, it's an issue that we need the yes. We need the yes. Because our original design was one with God, was lovely, patient, kind, right? Right? Keeping no records of wrongs, not delighting in the evil, but rejoicing in the truth, always protecting, always trusting, always per- perseverance, not boasting, not vainglorious, right? Um, not, not puffing, being puffed up, but other giving love, our original design, always protecting, always trusting, always perverse, persevering. Oh my goodness, never failing. Okay. So that's our original design. And so, wow, let me think how far have we fallen from the mark a lot? Is that God's fault? Was that the horrific nature of God to create a race of children that he knew would choose that, except he knows he's going to redeem it? You see, since he's not a control freak, he's not going to force you to be good and do good. He's just not going to force you. Why? Because if love is the ultimate value. You don't force to love. I believe that's called, let me think, oh yeah, that's called rape. God doesn't do that to his kids, but he does woo. He does influence. And he does work in a covert way, which is why we accuse him of like, you're doing nothing. Like if you're everywhere and all this evil is, well, then you're doing nothing. No, how come we're working? Where is the job to be done? Is he supposed to like tie us down to gurneys so we don't sin? No, he's not going to do that. We, we get, we do choose and you need that freedom in order to be able to choose love. You've got to be able to choose anti-love in order to choose love. And so he's at work where in those recesses in our hearts and minds. Listen, if you, I, I, I recommend doing this. I say, Jesus, are you in there and wait and see what you get? I guarantee you, I'm here, right? I'm here. Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts. Where did the evil come? Oh my God, it's my evil thoughts. My evil thoughts of separateness. My evil thoughts of... I Since I can't count on you, God, I'm going to have to get for myself. It's going to be selfishness. I will take advantage of others if that's what it means. I will use others. I will abuse others. I will self-protect at others' expense. Well, none of that is God, right? Evil thoughts and actions. It's the alienation. It is the delusion of separateness from a God who's already uh, one with his kids, right? And then he reconnected you. He reconnected. He didn't Let me put it this way. That reconnection. Oh, let me just help you. Is not based on your choice. Why? Because he understands that we operate in delusion of separate. We may not choose him. So he's not asking. He's not saying, you know what? My choice is dependent on your choice. Now your choice is dependent on his choice. And it is like a really good idea to choose him back. That's how you start to experience the peace. That's how you start to experience the love. That's how you start to experience the healing and wholeness and life. Because disconnected him, apart from me and me and you, you are very much free to part from me. You can do nothing. When we act as if we're separate, we experience death. We experience hell. That's not a punishing God That's our choice and our experience. So go back to the vine, go back to Jesus, look to him, help me where I'm not seeing this. Help me, help me see. He needs to enlighten the eyes of our understanding so we can know the hope of his calling, right? Enlighten the eyes of our understanding. We need light where we have darkness in and of ourselves, in our vision, so we can experience the hope of his calling, the glories of the riches in us and of us and his power towards us. Okay. So Jesus came as the light, right? The light of men and the darkness did not comprehend it. Our darkness, not his darkness. In him, there is no darkness. There is no shadow of being. He's the father of lights, right? And he releases supernatural peace, okay, to you through the sacrifice in his own body. He goes, you know what? I'm going in. I'm going in. And that's not just Jesus. That is the whole trinity of where God was in Christ reconciling the whole world on the cross. Okay? So this is not the... The crappy father, the angry father, and the victim beat the pulp out of son. No, God, they're going in. Holy Spirit in. Release his supernatural through the sacrifice of his His own body. I'm becoming them in order to heal them. I am becoming human and I'm experiencing the fullness of humanity. He, If you've been through it, he's been through it. He's been through it more than you've been through it. He gets it. He understands our pain and in that is able to give a trans of it Um, uh, through the sacrifice of his own body as a sin payment on your behalf, on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing between you and father God for he sees you as holy, flawless and restored. That is your original design. That is what he's bringing you to. This is why he's got such a sweeping redemption, except for sometimes it's so big we can't see it. Sometimes it seems so covert because it's in the heart of his kids. That's It's in your heart. It's in all of our hearts. And we don't see it because a lot of times it's so covert. It's, it takes a while. He is in the long haul game for it to manifest. But I'm telling you, person by person by person by person by person. He is in this process. He refuses to leave you alone. Even when you're running from him and giving him the flying finger, it is completely irrelevant. You cannot change God. (laughs) You hating him changes nothing. Your sin changes nothing in terms of his, how he sees you, how he adores you. He is relentless. Okay. He's relentless love, right? Uh, restoring, uh, Everything, everything, how big is God in heaven and earth brought back to himself? The separation was delusional. It was in our minds. But when it's in our minds, that's what we experience, right? That's the hell we experience back to its original intent, which is beautiful, which is peace, which is love, which is life more abundant to the full till it overflows, which is light, which is all the good stuff that you really want, even if you say you don't restored to innocence. Oh my goodness, just as if it never been, right? How masterful is God? How good is God? How lovely is God? He refuses to leave you alone. Even when you tell curse him for all eternity and serve Satan, it's irrelevant in terms of his pursuit. It's a holy pursuit. Let me say holiness is the word wholeness, and we need wholeness in our minds, in our conscious, in our subconscious, we need his healing. Oh my goodness. And he's, and he's able to transform and transcend. And where you see it actually more than kind of the sweeping earth where we look out there and it just looks worse and worse and worse. Oh my goodness. Talk to people. How has God shown this to you? Just interview people. How has he shown this to you? Where has he shown up in your pain? Where has he shown up in your um in, in your poverty where is he shown up in your like when i thought i was going insane where is he shown up and there's testimony after testimony of testimony and he is relentless anyway i hope this has been a blessing for you today i um, not sure i totally answered the question but we tackled it and i think there's some good stuff to chew in there for you and I hope it blessed you. Love you much. Have an amazing day. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Katherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit katherintoon.com.